The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. And from News Radio 570 WKBN and Ron Verb, John Arnold's with us as he is every Monday between now and uh, 7 o'clock. John will be here. 729-9977. You got any questions or comments for John as we go along here? We always open up our phone lines on this live broadcast. So pick up the phone and give John a call. You got anything that you want to say about stocks, bonds, mutual funds, investing, the economy? That's what we talk about here. 729-9977. 729-9977 if you want to ask any questions about 401k, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Uh, kind of pick his brain a little bit on that or where he's going or what he's doing. Feel free to do so. And uh, give him a call here tonight. Uh, and he'll be with us till 7. Always interested in taking, hearing your views, taking your calls. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 21 points today. The S&P 500 was down just uh, a tad. And NASDAQ was down 18 points. So, I mean, the markets were somewhat, uh, well, nothing, not, nothing too stellar one way. Or the other, some news out there: panic in the housing market as Trump affects uh, as the Trump effect pushes mortgage rates up to four percent. Trump's plan to rebuild America will be a lot harder to pay than it sounds. Some of the headlines out there: taxes are changing and CFOs have questions. So, what do you make of it all, John Arnold? What do you make of it all? Well, well, boy, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, all is a pretty subjective. Uh Description. Um, I couldn't. T- I got to tell you, I, I I have hope. Um, I'm happy. Well, tell me why. I, I honestly, I think that we are going to get the foundational principles, business principles anyway, of America back to where they needed to be, where success is rewarded and failure is punished. Um, uh, this this living free and rewarding kids to. Uh, Live in parents' basements and whatnot is. I think it's going to come to an end, and I'm happy about that. All right, so you're glad with the election outcome? <laughs> <laughs> can I read between the lines or what? Yeah. See, that's why I'm. Look at uh, you. Yeah, so you can read. Uh, so you're happy with the election outcomes? And did the market? Uh, what overnight it was going way down when it became clear, and then it opened, and it was like no big deal. Well, explain that. Oh man! Again, thank you again for having me on Wednesday this this week. But I mean, explain that. I mean, no, you know, I, I, it was like, oh, this is a disaster. Oh, we I, we figured Hillary was what? What? what first of all, the, what was the market saying? Hillary was going to win, or what? Well, that's what the market was hoping. I, I, I here's the thing: Hillary canceled her fireworks show early in the morning that day of the election. Did you know that? No. Yes, she did. She had a big fireworks show over the Hudson. And uh, planned, and that morning she canceled it, and they kept saying on the news that, well, she's just typically has been a superstitious woman. But I think down, I think deep down, uh, between the the pre polling and um, uh, you know the absentee ballots came in, and you know people were going to the polls. I think somewhere down the line that 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 particular uh, her campaign got word that. This is going to be a tight race, and you might lose. Do you think the campaign said? Uh, do you think the campaign deep down said a couple of things? First of all, this guy doesn't need Beyonce or anyone else. He draws a crowd of 
30,000 or 20,000. Look at all the people that come out to see him. Sure. We can't get that many people to come out to see you, Hillary. You've been around a lot longer, and you need these stars, you know, to come out to try to draw a crowd. That had to concern them, I mean, right off the bat, just how many people showed up on Tuesday were. And uh, number two, I think that maybe within the Hillary Clinton campaign, they knew they were spinning this, oh, we got it won, and, you know, this positive thing. Yeah, and they might have the said, word. you know what? They got a lot of enthusiasm over there. He's drawing a big crowd. We're just trying to act confident in this kind of stuff. So maybe that's why she canceled it. I'll, I'll put this. I mean, but I still say right. she was shocked she lost. That's right. On short notice and with very little uh, news about it, uh, Donald Trump came down the YSU, and and I was there. So was Dan Rivers. He sat beside me, and uh, that did he behave himself? Happen. No, my wife was there. He was, okay. you know, throwing yeah. some... Day. No, I'm kidding. Of course he did. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, fortunately, David Johnson, a buddy of mine, got got me in the sea, uh, Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliana, Giuliani. And, and why I'm telling you is because it was a packed house. Packed house. And it was raining outside, and there was a line. In a last-minute notice. And it was notice. short, last-minute notice. And here, you know, to us, Youngstown State University is very big, but... In the in the big scheme of things, it was very small. All right, and uh, for him to do that, it was just amazing to me. It just it spoke loud. But uh, to answer the question, when it comes to dire- directly to investments in this show, um, it, one it goes to show you about what I've been talking about now since since we've been on this show is about market manipulation using the media as market manip- manipulation. So the Dow Jones futures were a minus to eight hundred and fifty. The night of the election. Oh yeah, it was going to be a disaster at one point, when it opened. Minus eight fifty six. Yeah. You know, the last time I seen minus futures like that no. was two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. When the, so, when, what were you thinking? Just take me oh, when, when you were seeing that. What were you thinking? I was oh. thinking either they're really playing us, or yelling, be yelling, and their crew are going to do whatever they can to take this guy down. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know within like a half an hour that market turned and opened up at nine thirty? And it just kept coming back and back and back. And before you know it, we had a 300-point day. So what does that tell you? I don't know. What does that tell you? The market that big money manipulated that market. So here's what happened. I I guarantee this, and I hate using that word. People overnight were were pressing the sell button. So I I don't want to be part of this, this market crash or sell, 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 sell. Big money played them for a full. Big money probably shorted them or bought puts on their stocks. That they were shorting or ETFs, and and made money on the way down, and then rebought it low, the and stock. rode it up. So they got it both ways. They, they, the stocks, and they rode that media train up and down to their advantage. And meanwhile, average Joe Schmo got caught in the media, the media play, and got destroyed. Absolutely, just got destroyed if they sold that day. And it's we've had what five straight days of up since that's happened. It's it's uh it just goes to show you about the market manipulation I talk about, and. And I know, listen, I know that there's a lot of people out there, especially where we live, hurting. I remember that pain because I remember when... Well, isn't that why he won across the country? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I'm going somewhere different with that. Like right now, people are making stupid investment decisions because of their political affiliations. So, you know, they'll say, well, you know, that Trump, you know, I I don't agree with anybody who says that I'm not going to support the economy or this or that. And I'm selling everything I got. Well, the only person they're hurting is them. I remember when Barack Obama won for the first time, me and my friends were hurt and, and disgusted and 
all said the same thing. I remember, I, I remember, like you just said, my clothes. Did you go out protesting, breaking no, windows, and no, because I have a brain and and mm. um, and, the and, and you know how the system works exactly. And George Soros wasn't writing me any paychecks at the oh, time. Oh, okay. So, just checking. anyways, um, I kid. But here, here's the thing: if you're a listener out there, do what's right for you and your family. The election has nothing to do with the stock market. Keep a keep focused. Keep your eye on the prize, which is saving money and do what's right. And uh, hopefully, it just fall your in your way. So the stock market has been going up, and so has that changed your philosophies yeah. at all? Yes. Okay. Now explain but where we they different were. Sectors. We have different sectors now. A completely different portfolio. Explain. Um, and, why, and why? Most importantly, from last week to this week. Well, it, for me, you know. I think I was thinking. I was looking at this thing through very, very biased glasses because I've, for the past two months, been saying I thought Donald Trump was going to win, and my insight was based on all the incomes that I manage with. But their, everyone else was saying no. Uh, uh, yeah, but I manage lower middle income families, middle income families, and wealthy families, and the all this, the message was the same across all three messages. And the families that I manage in Palm Beach, the same thing. The message was the same. We want we want somebody who's not a politician. So I was thinking this guy's going to win, but uh, but I'm looking. Obviously, I probably went into that biased classes. So uh, I also thought this is where I was wrong. I thought that the market would be crushed. I really did. I thought the market was going to get crushed uh, and stay crushed till the end of the year, uh, as far as uh, the, the the election results. And I'm so glad I'm wrong. So the market liked it, and uh, the truth is, it's it's just been. It's turned bullish significantly. So, what sectors have you changed? All right, or we're going from? into uh, we're going into industry building. We're now, going what into is that? building materials, building uh, like Caterpillar. That's uh, not like steel and yeah, steel, and steel, bricks and yes. stuff like that. Yeah, we're going all going into that building material. So you're building materials. Why? You um why? Yes. Uh, I th- there's that's gonna, a whole new sector. Yeah, for there's going to be a big push from the Trump administration to get. Um, infrastructure infrastructure be. being rebuilt but not only infrastructure but but people like us trying to convince us to build more buildings or to, to take down old and build new donald trump's whole legacy is going to be built on getting america working for america again whether you believe in what he's trying to do or not well, don't you remember when he would be running he'd be talking about our infrastructure and our airports are terrible compared to other countries right is that what you're saying you know, and he oh. says we need to rebuild well, all of this not kind all, of stuff. But you look at Laguardia. But I mean, he's saying we got to. There's a lot we have to do, and it sounds to me like he wants to do a lot of stuff big. And remember, he gets stuff done ahead of schedule and below cost. Exactly, he's a good at done kind of guy. So another another thing that I like as part of the Trump's election cycle is commercial real estate. Commercial real estate, we've had, believe it or not, we've had a very bullish market, commercial real estate-wise, but I think it's going to get even stronger. Weren't you in that, though, before Trump? Yeah, okay. I was, but not as heavily. Our portfolio, believe it or not, our model went 15 to 18% uh, towards commercial real estate today. Mm-hmm. Oil engineering and gas engineering. All right, and what is the... Uh, so, built, building towers, um, you know, I, I really, you know, laying pipe, I... There, I don't know enough about. But you're four lane pipe. I don't pipe, have. Right? Yeah, I, I'm four lane pipe in many ways. But I, um, <laughs> uh, I don't. Um, I don't know the lingo and the oil lingo. I don't know the terminology, but I know this. There's there's ETFs that strictly are made of stocks that 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 build oil oil factories. Or because whatever. he wants energy to be yeah. a, a big thing. Gas again. production, right? 
Um, he well, and, and domestic. And domestic, exact domestically. Uh, healthcare, healthcare took a beating. Okay, now hang on. I, I get you with oil and gas. I understand mm-hmm. that. Okay, I, I fully understand that. And I get uh, the uh, you know the uh, bricks and all that with infrastructure and new buildings. I I fully get that. Let's see, was there another one? Am I forgetting one? But uh, but now now you're going to healthcare. Now I'm thinking, why healthcare when this is going to be the big debate to get rid of Obamacare, replace it with something else, and try to keep pre-existing conditions and kids on our policy parents' policy till they're 26. But why healthcare? That's all up if, in the if air. If you really hear what he, the message he was saying, he wasn't. He you know. First of all, I want you to know he was. He's keeping a national healthcare plan. He just thinks the current one sucks, and it does. And I think everybody who's paying for health insurance says, yeah, it sucks. I don't care if you're a DR. Well, it's not doing what, it's, it's not it's the affordable expensive. care act. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievably expensive. They're destroying our medical system. They're underpaying doctors. They're seeing more people. It's terrible. Um, so anybody that has a brain says, yeah, that, that, pro- that program sucks. But automatically the left goes and, bl- and says, well, uh, Donald Trump, you know, it's every man for himself and the rich are only going to get health care. No, that's not. I I actually listen to what the guy's saying. The guy's saying he firmly believes in the health care system, a national one. He doesn't want to see kids, people going broke if they have heart attacks. He's just going to make it fair for both sides. Right now, the health insurance companies have a monopoly. He's going to make competition across states. He's going to make health insurance basically compete against each other how it should have been all this time across states. Yeah, but, I, but I'm but i going to make some assumptions, and I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I, I think you'll probably do away with the mandate. I think you'll probably maybe make it, uh, you go out and buy it across states, and, the, the you know, you got pre-existing conditions. I, I don't think it's going to be like it is now. No, it will be common sense. There'll be some common sense. And you, and you like this sector. Either, that's well, a risky sector, though, right now. Why would I you like not this. say? Yeah, exactly. I like it. Well, one, it got, if you look at Bristol Myers Squibb, it got destroyed. Destroyed. Paying about 3.5% dividend right now. But companies like Merck and Bristol Myers Squibb, they always find a way to come back. Mm-hmm. So I know that these companies are going to align with him and figure out a way to profit from what he's going to do. They're already very profitable. They provide something that people need, not people want. They pay a nice dividend. It's a sector I want to get into. Medical devices I love. That's titanium, you know, that's titanium hips and robots that perform heart surgery and whatnot. Love that. Um, I mean, sectors that I'm staring away from are like uh, innovator sectors, like uh, technology. Right? Why? Like Facebook and Amazon and whatnot. Now, there's a, there's a 180. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, why did this come about? Well... And here's the, I think it'll come back, but I th- it, for whatever reason, Silicon Valley and innovative technology, they view the right as their enemy. And I, I don't know why, but they do. And they've always considered the left um, to be pro Silicon Valley, but neither are true. Uh, both sides want to get, obviously, America working, and both sides want to get. Uh, new innovative technology to compete across the rest of the world. But it's a lot of the market, actually the entire stock market, in my opinion, is not about what is. It's about fear and greed. It's it's the same thing with building materials uh, and, you know, companies like Caterpillar and United Rentals and whatnot. Donald Button doesn't press a button. Donald Trump doesn't press a button and say tomorrow we're going to, you know, all these companies are going to go straight up to the top like bottle rockets. It's all about the greed. It's all about the anticipation. Mm-hmm. 
the same. So Facebook and Amazon. So Amazon has been very, very anti-Trump, right? So oh, yeah, but I, I, I'm I, this is a, this is folks. This is a big surprise to me here. Uh, this I'm not is saying totally should be right. No, but the, no. but you're no longer favoring that sector, and you love Facebook. Uh, I'm going to quote you to you. And, uh, Amazon, Christmas, Christmas is coming. Mm-hmm. You love Amazon. You love Facebook. Now you're getting out of that sector because it's it's not favorable right now. It's just not, and and it should be. They're not going to lose money over Trump. They're not going to lose clients. They're not going to lose media. Deals. So it has nothing to do with Trump. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just it's yeah. It has everything to do with Trump. But it has everything to do with the fear. We got fear to, of what? The, exactly. You hit my... The, you well, know. No, fear of what? I'm still going to order stuff off of Amazon for the convenience of it. Don't you think so, it's growing? Inertia will come through, and it will baseline, and you'll see start seeing Amazon rebuild itself on a... When I say rebuild, I'll say if I mean stock-wise, and then, you know, all is good from here on out. But right now, temporarily, uh, those particular stocks are going to take a hit. And they have taken a hit. Really? Yeah. They've. Oh my God. Amazon's been down about 120 points. You know, here's where I'm confused when you say that. Trump, as a 70 year old man, Trump used <laughs> those social platforms a lot. Of course he did. He uh, he used uh, Twitter and Facebook. He embraced them and helped him get to where he is. Did you? And everybody. To watch 60 minutes last Yes. Week? Very good. And everybody uses. Amazon, and we're coming into Christmas. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit surprised by that uh, from you because I think uh, a lot of people, more people, will use Amazon for the convenience. Uh, the, so you'll have more people using Amazon, and you'll have more people. Social media is very, very, very hot. But so, you're getting out of that sector. That's a that's a chart of Amazon you're looking at. That's a that's a six month chart. Mm-hmm. It literally looks like it went on a sled ride. Explain to me why that is just Trump. Yeah, it's that's uh, what's he it's got? The same what's reason got? why people are protesting in the streets and aren't being paid. And they uh, say they're afraid. Ex- uh, I don't know. Explain to me. Okay, so it goes down. Why? Because Trump got elected. What are people not going to buy stuff from Amazon? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't they view him as an anti-technology uh, nuts and bolts kind of guy, and it's like, nothing further could be from the truth. But it goes to show you how this relates to this investing show. Is well, that doesn't make a damn bit of sense. It doesn't. And a lot of the stock market stuff doesn't make sense, but you have to follow the news. The market goes down on fear and greed. It doesn't go up or down on what is. It always goes up on fear and greed. And right now, the fear is outweighing the greed. Mm-hmm. So that's that. And you look at Facebook now down down four points today. Same exact chart as Amazon as far as uh, sled ride goes. But you know it's taken a beating of lately of late, and I, I don't have an answer for you, is utilities. And the only thing I can come oh, up with. <laughs> this is a bizarre show. I, I don't get that. I, I'm still stunned with Amazon and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Now, utilities are, what, do we no longer need those because of Trump? Again, it's about fear and greed. I don't think that the, I don't think that the, the, the greed is there on utilities because I think the fear is gone, believe it or not. And so if you just read, so I just completely contradicted myself. A lot of people will go to utilities because they believe that, um, that's a safe haven. Right now, you can't go on the municipal bonds and, and, and really feel protected because of the interest rate environment. Obviously, municipalities are weak. Um, you, you can't go into CDs and savings accounts because they're not paying. So people that are looking for that safety net are hiding money into utilities. Well, the fact that the stock market has done very well since Trump, people are probably pulling money from not risk, uh, not so much risk, and uh, lower than average beta, 
and putting it into higher than average beta, such as building materials and industrial supplies. So, mm-hmm. um, it's again, it, it's all going to stabilize. It's going to equalize itself. If you have good holdings, hold them. But if you're looking to really monopolize on, uh, if you're looking to monopolize in the market here, and 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 target things that are going to go up on fear and greed, I'm, I'm giving you some pretty good sectors there. Man, things are th- things are changing rapidly, aren't they? They have. You know, they it's are. just like when I'm looking at my CNBC site here. Panic in housing market as Trump effect pushes mortgage rates up to four <laughs> percent. I mean, think about what the just the headline. Panic. There you go. There you go. Panic in the Fear. housing market. Fear. Based on nothing. Talk, talk He's not even in office. Just call any average Joe real estate agent around here and say, "Well, has your life changed at all?" You know what? I'm going to tell challenge? you what I did. No. Uh, you know, I I I, I was uh, uh, asked a, a real estate agent the other day. I says, "Hey." Is there a shortage of uh, houses? That, I was checking up on you, Arnold. I just want you to know, I never, you know, I'm always investigating. I know, I know. So I ask her in all seriousness, uh, Howard Hanna, agent. I says, tell me about uh, housing stock. Is uh, is it tough? And uh, she said to me the same thing you said. There's actually a shortage mm-hmm. of good homes, particularly for sale in the Canfield and Poland areas. More in Canfield and Poland, those are the areas, and it's uh, and it's there's not enough product on the market. Yeah, I've been saying it. I mean, I, I'm in I touch know. with these. these I people. know, and I'm thinking, boy, you're talking right here in what to our neck of the woods. That's something to me. Absolutely, yeah. um, it's a seller's market. It really is a seller's market. Mm-hmm. Everything goes in cycles, so <clears throat> it seems like yesterday to me that the market crashed. You, your, your, your house is worth 40% less than it was worth in 2007. Um, you couldn't get a loan for the, for your life. I don't care how much money you made, how great credit was. And then three years later, it all flipped. And, you know, everybody's selling their house because it's, it's a seller's market. So be careful. So I'll tell you something that, that Donald Trump did that's very scary for himself. He's, he set himself up for failure as far as the housing market goes. If you look at Jim, the Jimmy Carter years, the 14 16% interest rates, we were in a disastrous uh, bear market. No one could really afford a decent home because it, that, that interest rate. Oh, I remember it well. Um, <coughs> and then for and then obviously the bear, so what makes a, a bond go up or down is interest rates. So interest rates went down, bonds went up. Um, he's in a he's in the the best he's at the top of the best bond market that's ever existed. Which means, and that's because interest rates are at all-time lows, which means interest rates have no, nowhere to go but up. If interest rates go up, bonds are going to fall. You're going to have an implosion of the bond market, and I don't care who's president. That scares That keeps you up at night, big time, or as he would say, bigly. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, as you're talking, I, I, I clicked <laughs> on this. Just I want you to know. Bigly. Okay, no, bigly. President-elect Donald Trump's White House victory was a surprise, and so is the ripping... Uh, or the ripening selling off of global bond markets, which has quickly driven U.S. interest rates to the highest level in a year. The route has wiped out an estimated $1 trillion from global bond markets and as Wall Street scrambling to retool its forecast. The sell-off comes on expectation that Trump's promised infrastructure spending and tax cuts will result in higher growth, that's good for the economy, 
but also higher inflation, higher amounts of U.S. government debt. Yeah. <laughs> you got it right. Yeah, All right, you. stay close, man. All right. Is it going to be, t- do you think that, uh, you're glad Trump won, but do you think it's going to be uh, tough from your standpoint as far as financial planning for your clients over the next year? Yes. Fear of the unknown. A lot of my clients, believe it or not, are on the opposite political spectrum as me and the D and the R's. Um, mostly fear. Fear driving the their their expectations. All right, stand by. We'll come back with John Arnold and more from News Radio 570 WKVN. And Ron Furby with us till 7. We'll take some phone calls, 729 9977. When we come back after this, stay with us. Now back to the Jay Arnold Wealth Management Show. All right, we're back with John Arnold, News Radio 570 WKVN. Let's take uh, Tom in Brookfield. Tom, go ahead. You're on with John. Yeah. Tom, good, it's good been evening, a long guys. time. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, Tom's yeah, always interested. Happy Thanksgiving to you. If I, if I don't yes, sir. Between on that, uh, did I understand you that uh, Facebook and Amazon uh, are being affected by Trump being elected? Absolutely. Is, is that because the uh, two founders of the, the, the founders of each of those country uh, com- companies have a, a more liberal point of view, and they're just trying to? Uh, you know, take the company in, in their their own direction, and people pulled their stock out because of that. Not well. First of all, you're half right and half wrong. So the you're true. Tr- it is true that uh, Mark um, God, I can't remember his name for the life of me right now. And and, and uh, was it? Jeff Jeff Bezos. Yeah, and, Bezos. Uh, um, uh, Zuckerberg is his name. Zuckerberg and Bezos are definitely anti-Trump and anti-R and anti-conservatives. But at the same time, they're businessmen. So, and, and and by the way, the stocks that are on that we follow are the secondary market stock. What means that what that means to you, listeners, is it doesn't matter what Zuckerberg says or wants or or Bezos. It matters what the market wants because once it goes to the secondary market, it's a it's a it's a horse trading show. Meaning that somebody on one side of the fence thinks it's worth something, and somebody on the other side of the fence thinks it's worth another thing. And um, right now, obviously, Facebook and Amazon have more of a liberal uh, process, more of a liberal following. Example, uh, Google has nap, uh, nap sessions uh, in, their, in their corporate headquarters where employees get to go and take a nap whenever they want if they're tired, which probably sounds ridiculous to people like you and I, but that's how it is out there. Uh, you know, it's, if they have a full buffet and... All kinds of bizarre, crazy things if you work for, for Google or Facebook or all those companies. But, obviously, they're very successful. It's a, it's a new way of uh, the American dream. But, it, again, it, what I'm focusing on here, what come back to my first couple minutes here in the conversation of uh, the, the show is, it's not about what is, it's about fear and greed. And right now, there's more fear regarding Amazon and Facebook, just on speculation. But the truth is, is Trump... Trump's presidency and his campaign and his cabinet have nothing to do with those particular stocks, and they're going to be riding high again. So keep your eye on them. If there's going to be an entry point where you say, this makes sense to buy Amazon, maybe in the low 700, 680. I'm saying maybe. I'm not saying do it. Or Facebook, if you can catch Facebook in the low 100s, maybe that's a great entry point for you. And you say, this is a great place to buy, and if it goes down further, so be it. But 
here's a good entry point because overall those two those two companies I believe have mainstays in our, in our economic uh, spectrum. So um, that's what I, that's how I feel. I mean, see, I, I I didn't I didn't know whether whether you know it was a matter of. Uh because you have a conservative uh, Republican administration coming in, whether they would lose government contracts, and, and that's the reason why you know people would be pulling back. And then the other thing I was thinking, and this is partially done, probably mostly tongue in cheek, but I don't know that that much. Just just the uh, uh, reactions of people against you know their neighbors, their relatives, their friends. One taking one side, one taking the other side with this election, that they would be un. Uh, Friending everybody, half their friends, and uh, that uh, they wouldn't be sending them Christmas presents. So, so you know that would affect uh, Amazon and, and uh, Facebook that way. But uh, I mean, I, that's again just tongue in cheek. But but the other thing I wanted to ask you, John, this idea with the Trump is talking about uh, infrastructure, you know, throwing a lot of money at that. Now, definitely we need it. But I really believe that the reason Obama didn't uh, throw money at the shovel-ready jobs wasn't because they weren't there. But rather, he realized, or his people told him, that, hey, you know, you're going to have to pay these people at prevailing wage, union scale, and because of that, uh, it just wouldn't be you know, worth throwing that much money at it. And I'm wondering if that's the problem Trump is going to have, or if he's going to do a Reagan and say, well, we're going to go to uh, uh, non-union uh, contract work, and if that's the case, then how that would affect the economy. Well, I, I'm, break down, I guess I missed your question directly. Well, d- directly is that uh, from the standpoint of uh, it, government jobs, for the most part, they are at prevailing wage when they contract something out. Right, In other right. words, whatever the union scale is. Well, the only way we can get the best impact for, for the taxpayer is to do it as cheaply as possible and still get the infrastructure, the mass infrastructure that we need, you know, sewers and uh, water lines and roads and bridges and so forth, uh, built and, and replaced in this country is if we do it as inexpensively as possible. With a $20 trillion national debt, we can't just throw money at it. Now, you know, Trump could do that, but he's going to have to do it from the standpoint of saying, hey, look, forget about prevailing wage. We're going to go to the, the, the lowest bidder next to the lowest bidder. Oh, I see. If they're union or not union, it's not going to make any difference. I, I, I see. I see what you're saying. Um, where, where Obama really was tied to the, the, the Democrat uh, idea of, uh, you know, uh, Having having the best wage possible. I, I see what you're saying. He's going to run it, the country like a business at short, is what you're saying. You know, the best work for the lowest price is going to win. Am I, am I correct? It, it sounds to me like that's the way he's going to do it, which would imply to me that he's going to do what Reagan did, and I just don't know how that's going to affect the the overall economy. I mean, you know, quite frankly, I like his idea. I like his i i i, I was with him from the beginning, John, because I, I I realized that you know he he is a businessman. And the other thing is, and a lot of people don't realize this: when you're a billionaire and you got a big ego, the only thing you can't buy with your money is a place in history. And I really think that that's what he's going to try to do now: is is to do you know his job as president as well as he can, so he, so that he has a place in history. But but the other part of that is is that. Uh, uh, he's going to run into a lot of problems. This this idea of uh, of uh, taking away two regulations for everyone that's created or new laws or whatever, I, I think that's a great idea because we're too top heavy with government. But he's going to have a lot of resistance from people within government, uh, the, the same way that Kasich and uh, 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 Walker up in uh, Wisconsin did in terms of fighting government unions. Yeah, he is. Um, but I, I'll be honest with you, Tom. I, that's great insight, and especially for our listeners. 
Um, and I'm glad to hear you're with us from the beginning because uh, you weren't on the you're not on the the Trump train. You you came in from the bottom. Um, I I uh, I don't know if that's going to have an effect on the on the stock market as far as you know him fighting unions or you know how he's going to run things. I just honestly, I mean, you know, hey, hey Tom, when I think about Trump, I think of a guy that gets projects done ahead of schedule and below cost. That's what he was known for in New York. You don't don't you see that happening on a nationwide front? Hopefully, I, I, I hope so. But I don't know that he can transfer that nationally. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, uh, to a certain extent, when you're talking about real estate, um, uh, you are uh, restricted to a given area. Uh, in terms of both uh, workers, unless they want to go work someplace else, they're going to have to go for, to a certain extent, what those wages are to build that building there. And uh, the other part of it is he's he's restricted in terms of uh, what he's able and willing to pay, but that's out of his own private money as opposed to taxpayer dollars. See, I, I, I just really think it's going to be really tough for him to buck the way the system is set. I hope that he does. I mean, that, that's part of the reason I voted for him is I really hope that he starts to turn things around. And I also realize that a lot of what he said he's not going to be able to do. He was taking the most extreme point of view, and, and that's what you do when you negotiate. You know, you start from an extreme, then you work towards the center. And, and for anybody who thinks he's going to build a wall, uh, you know, on the southern border, that I, I don't think anybody believed that from the beginning, any of his followers even. Right, right. I, I, but well, go By ahead, the John. Way, I do. Uh, that he will. I, co- I completely disagree with Tom. I mean that respectfully, sir. Don't you think one of the biggest things he's going to do is going to be Obamacare when he gets in and uh, and the job thing? And I think he's going to he's going to make an attempt to do every single thing he says he's going to do. One, you're talking about a very uh, chauvinistic, very I'm my legacy kind of person, which is what you have when you have wealthy people. I don't care who you are. That's what that's what you have. And you, Tom, you said something so right. And you have money. The only thing you can buy is your legacy. And right now, he's going to try to go on top. <laughs> and so, as far as Obamacare is concerned, and I said this when when, when they were putting it in, they had, did nothing on the cost side. They didn't do anything to uh, reduce to, to reform tort liability, so that uh, tort loss, so that the uh, liability insurance of the uh, medical industry uh, go down. They didn't do anything in terms of uh, making it competitive from the standpoint of uh, having hospitals and doctors advertise or at least post what their uh, uh, cost structure is for surgeries or for uh, treatments or what have you so that people can shop around. Um, they did nothing in way of, uh, of prescriptions. You know, we, we fund uh, prescription research for the entire world. And they get it as uh, re- really reduced amounts and, and, and we pay the, the brunt of it. I mean, all those things come into play when you're talking about health care. And there's something else there, too, and, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I, I recall, because I, I did uh, start in on the front end of Obamacare for a while before I got into in uh, Medicare, but um, there was something that uh, they could not exceed a certain percentage of what the, in terms of uh, overhead cost, I think it was like 15% of overhead cost for what the uh, actual cost for the treatment of the person would be in terms of uh, conducting premiums, uh, establishing premiums. And I really think that's where they made top-heavy a lot of the the things that they threw in there, and that's why they put them in there in terms of uh, uh, add-ons for people, is because that's the only way that the the insurance companies can make more money is that if they added more things for the, uh, the patient, potential patient, then... The costs go up, so then they can charge a certain, again, if I think it was 15%, then they can charge that much more in the, in the premium. When they do that, they are getting 
uh, more overhead costs to pay their salaries. Well, we got to kind of turn it over back oh, no over problem, to finance. No, problem. no, no. I, I, I mean, I, I stay on the line. What I wanted to tell you is, and, what, and, and to comp, compliment and kind of extend what your original call was about, is I think I think that Donald Trump, what you have going for you if you're a Trump if you're a Trump supporter and you're asking yourself, is this guy really going to do what he says he's going to do? Well, let me tell you something. He might not, but he's going to go balls of the wall, full blast on trying to get it done because you know what he's not going to do? He doesn't want to go home in four years. Let me tell you something. He does not want to go home with his tail between his leg at 74 years old saying, you know what, all these things I said to the, the American public, instead of creating this great legacy on the Trump name, I just destroyed it. I just destroyed this great commercial. Or I'd like to turn a country real, around. Right, real estate empire by being a terrible president. I didn't, do a, I didn't do a damn thing I said. So I think just the opposite. I think you're going to see drastic things happen as far as the wall going up, as far as what he's going to do with Obamacare, as far as what he's going to do with illegal immigration. Uh, I think you're going to see as much as one person can do, do. That's my feeling. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Apple, iPhones, and other U.S. goods could suffer sales hits in China if President-elect Donald Trump goes through with his naive plan of slapping a large import tariff on Chinese products. A state-backed newspaper warned Sunday. During his election campaign this year, Trump spoke to 45%. Trump spoke of a 45% import tariff on all Chinese goods while failing to outline how it would work. Should any such policy come to effect, China will take a tit-for-tat approach, according to an opinion piece in the Global Times, a newspaper backed by the Communist Party. A batch of Boeing orders would be replaced by Airbus, U.S. autos, and iPhone sales in China would suffer a setback, and U.S. soybean and mayonnaise imports will be halted. China can also limit the number of Chinese students studying in the U.S. So they're saying, you know, if you do that, that's what we're going to do. Well, we shall see, right? I could give a dirty patoot if... Uh it, what China does, you know, as long as it's helping Americans, right? And as long as as long as they're paying, playing a fair trade game with us, I don't care what they do. Do you see how worried a lot of people oh, yeah. already are? You know, I, I mean, I am amazed. This guy hasn't even come to office yet, and you have all of this worry about you. You have worry from China over, hey man, this guy might put some tariffs in that you know will hurt us. all of this stuff. He's got everybody on edge, which is a beautiful way to be, isn't it? Oh, I, I, well, it just shows you how truly powerful the guy is going to be. If he hasn't even taken one step in office yet, and these people are, you know, the guy, the Mexican president all of a sudden wants to compromise. The president of NAFTA, NAFTA all of a sudden wants to compromise. Everybody wants to uh, compromise at Trump all of a sudden. That tells you everything about what's going to happen. And remember, Trump said on a, on a foreign front that, or, a, you know, he's not going to tell people when he's going to, you know, what he's going to do militarily. He's not going to jeopardize that. Oh, that's that. another thing. So you're watching 60 Minutes. I have to ask you something. But that makes sense to are me. The post, are the hosts on 60 Minutes brainless? What, what kind of idiot would, would say, yeah, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this, this, and this. But that's what we've been doing. How, I know. And look where we're at. Right. We're chasing our tail in Iraq and in Afghanistan. So he says, I'm not going to tell you militarily what I'm going to do. And I, don't, and I think China and all these places are nervous about what he might do with them taking advantage of our market, don't you? Absolutely. <coughs> so some changes might take place willingly because of that. Absolutely. I was seeing a news story about, you know, the carrier workers are saying, well, let's see what happens to the fate of this carrier plant now. And he's 1,400 jobs. So they're, they're, I can't wait to see the end of that. <laughs> you know, uh, so he's got people on edge. 
And that's not no, a bad thing. Right. You're no longer going to be rewarded for sending jobs out of this country and convincing Americans to buy your goods and services. You're, that, those days are coming to an end, and that should make every listener on this program feel great. Ray, your comments uh, for John Arnold. Thanks for calling. Ray, go ahead. I've got two questions for his eminence. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, how do you think the, the, this really strong and getting stronger U.S. dollar is going to affect the multinationals? And question number two is, what do you think the effect's going to be on the U.S. economy should they get, go through with that changes to the U.S. corporate tax? I'm not familiar. You're going to have to educate me a little bit about that U.S. corporate tax. Uh, well, well, they want to drop it down to 15%, so they the oh oh that I apologize. Yeah. Yes, I know bring exactly. the money back. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. How could I not? I'm sorry, I misunderstood what your question was. Well, you got to pay awesome. better attention, Arnold. Sorry, um, <laughs> man. I think it's going to be great. I think I think we're going to be able to compete again. And the other thing, so here he's going to you, you have a double edged sword here. So I think that the rising dollar is going to hurt. As far as uh, people buying our goods, obviously, um, but again, we so here's what folks don't understand: China doesn't call our debt, and China doesn't attack us <clears throat> because they need our economy to run. We don't need China's. <clears throat> so what's that tell you? That tells you as long as Americans are buying American goods with U.S. dollars, we're going to be just fine. Now, is there going to be the gravy train some years? No, because uh, you do still. I'm not an idiot. I used to, you need international people buying your goods and services. This is true. But if the majority of Americans are able to afford and buy your goods and services, even better for you, uh, America. So multinational is going to get hurt a little bit. Um, it's going to bring our international trade down a little bit. But I think we're going to get we're going to have a surplus on on the domestic side, and that's my answer to that question there. And then as far as the 15% corporate income tax, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I don't know what took so long. I, you can't punish companies for success, which is the whole basis of my reasoning for voting a guy like Trump in. Couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, companies are, gonna, companies are like water. They're going to find the lowest level as far as, uh, as, far as cost. So when, and, and if, they, if, if it costs less money to take your goods and make them in Ireland... And you're and you're and you're swift enough to get Americans to buy that that product. Good for you as a company, because and that's that's what people don't understand. People say, well, healthcare insurers should do this or X Y Z should do that. It's a company. You don't get to tell a company in the United States what they can do and how they can do it. You can't do that. What you're really saying is, well, we want to pick and choose what we want as far as dictatorship. Doesn't work like that. So if it now by bringing that tax down, corporate tax down. And and then obviously making a fair trade, uh, make, and taking the trade barriers down where opposing companies now have to pay the same tariffs that we do. Now you might convince XYZ Corporation to say, you know, is it worth it uh, between the language barriers and, and between our products that we're making over here in Bangladesh or wherever they are? These products are faulty and, and there's a lot of returns on them and then you got shipping costs. It might make sense just to keep it at home in the United States and pay a little bit more to the American worker and a little bit more in benefits, but we're going to have a great product and we're going to pay less taxes and we're going to be patriotic, so people will probably buy our product even more. That's obviously my vision. That's my dream. Can it come true? Who knows? But that's what I think. Hey, Ray, what do you think is going to – what are your thoughts about – where do you think it's going to go with Trump as far as the economy? 
as far as the economy is concerned, I still have major concerns about the first six months of next year. Right now, we're in the Christmas uh, mode, and because we're a consumer-driven economy, that's what's going to drive this quarter. After the Christmas season, we get into the first and second quarter. I'm not really seeing at this point much of a uh, you know an incentive or uh, a catalyst for as far as the stock market or the economy. I think things are going to calm down again until I've been saying it for two, three, maybe five years. We need policy change with like the corporate tax. We need something to encourage business to stay here and and um, make a profit here and re- and don't punish that profit, just what John was saying there. We've had the last seven years, we have not had policy change, uh, any policy directives or changes. All we've had is monetary, which is the Fed lowering the interest rates to zero and pumping money, liquidity into the market. We've done nothing as far as, in my opinion, to help the U.S. economy um, grow uh, jobs or any anything of that nature. That's just my opinion. I don't see a catalyst in the first six months simply because Trump won't have the time. After this six-month period, may, he, if he can get some of these policies, change these policies that relax the regulations and other things, I think our companies can and have a very good possibility of growing again, really growing, not growing by... Uh, you know their stock price by reducing uh, labor costs by you know uh, layoffs and and stock buybacks. I'm talking about actually growing their businesses, and that's what we need: growing businesses. All right, thank you, Ray. Appreciate it. I hope uh, he's uh, uh, he's always got a good read on it. Now, so you say to yourself, how does it work if I want to go see John Arnold and let him kind of guide me through these changing times when it comes to my investments? First, tell people how y- your fee structure, John. Uh, we charge a quarter percent per quarter based on the account value, which means we're performance driven. We do not tar- charge trading fees. We do not charge commissions. We do not charge custodian fees. We don't have any hokey. Uh, fees of any kind. Uh, we do very well, so we don't have to really do that. Um, we also believe we should be on the same team as a client, so if and when, and I guarantee there'll be wins, we lose money for a quarter or two or a year, we're going to take a hit with the client. So uh, rest assured that we're in the team. We are a fiduciary. We've been a fiduciary since 2008, uh, and you can reach us if you'd like that style of management at 330-965-9890. Our consultations are free. Very passive and kind, uh, no pressure whatsoever. We'll go over your portfolio, see if I can help you. If not, I appreciate the opportunity to earn your business. All right, there you go. And uh, the website is? www.jawealth.net. And uh, the phone number is? 330-965-9890. And the physical location is? We're up on the right after Tippecanoe Road and Star Center Boulevard, last building on the left. And the man sitting in that chair is? John Arnold, the eminence. Whatever that means. <laughs> Thank you, John. Later. <laughs> News is next. <laughs>